All right, here we are again. Welcome back to another episode of the Brand Width Podcast with myself, Sam McEwen. Dean Milson, how are you, me. Dean? I'm very well today, Sam. I'm very well. How are you doing? Doing very well. Good to it's see you again. Good to be here, as always. <laughs> Great. So today, um, I should say, obviously, for people just joining us in, the, the concept of the show is that each of us come with, our, or one of us will come with a topic or discussion point, question without notice. Yep. And today, I'm, I'm coming with something that's maybe built upon the topics of previous we talked about the first principles of marketing and yep. and these kind of things and I, I've um, been rereading how brands grow um, by good good a good professor Byron Sharp and um, and just on that I, I someone said to me a little while ago and I think this is so true um, why don't we read books again we more often like like you know Master it, you know, read it yeah. four or five times until you really get it. So rather than reading lots of books, and I this year set myself a goal to read lots of books, and I, I have, but in the back of my mind it's like, but are you, do you remember? You know, uh, do I, you I remember wonder, them? If you come across a good book like like How Brands Grow, there's yep. a few others out there, I wonder if we'd be better off just like reading, rereading the two or three books each year yeah, living yeah, it, yeah. Than, than finding something new. Obviously we, we like New things, don't we? We we, we do, and um and, and then it's like, am I reading the right book? Yeah, well, <laughs> four times. But anyway, I, I tell you what, I tell you what I, we, let's take this aside. I I honestly do believe that you'd probably be better off, even if it's not the best book, reading something and actioning it and jumping in wholeheartedly than trying to read yeah. every every topic, you know, every book on the topic and. Um, and I do think myself, I'm, I'm sure that this is true for, for most people, I tend to like to explore the topics, explore the topics, explore the topics. Yeah. And I could probably benefit from living them a little bit more. So I, might, I think there's something to that. I might flip. I think my goal this year was 20 books and I'm, ba- I'm about to read my 30th. But maybe my ne- next year I might one flip book it. 20 just, no, one book 20 times? No, one book 20 times. So anyway, yeah. I'm doing this a lot easier with audiobook actually, and that's oh, where yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm rereading um, how brands grow on audio. And I think with a book like that, you know what, it's probably one you need to read three or four times yep. before it all sinks in. So um, rereading it anyway, and it came across, uh, it came to this this sort of topic of perceptual cues, priming, and and what um, Professor Sharp talks about um, implicit versus uh, explicit. Um, the messaging and, and, yep. and these kind of things. Um, I'm, and, reading, I'm reading Decoded at the moment. Oh, great and book. So, yeah, and, I just uh, finished that, that recently. That chapter, yeah. The chapter I'm in is all about that as well. So very timely. There we go. My very expert. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look forward to your, your commentary. So it took me on a bit of a, um, a, bit of a, a sort of journey because he, he referenced a, um, a journal article, Berger and Fitzsimmons, 2008, a paper. Um, it's got a funny title. I'll see if I can dig it up before the end of this podcast. Um, uh, but, but it was talking about, again, this sort of, you know, um, the perceptual the, the mm-hmm. cues yep. around a brand and, and these kind of things. I just found it really interesting. So the statement that got me going was, um, you know, a pretty simple one where, where he said, people who are exposed to a statement uh, even if they can't remember it, are yep. more likely to rate that statement as true than people not previously exposed to that statement. Yeah, interesting. Right, and that's huge. Is yep. it not like, even if you can't recall. And even if you think you can't recall. Yeah, right, yeah, if you've been exposed to it. And, yep. um, the paper that, that came from was this, this Berger Fitzsimmons and and, um, and that they referenced all, all these things. And one of the interesting ones was that um, 
we, will, we are likely to rate another human being as being more attractive have we seen them recently. Having seen them recently. Yeah, yeah well. right. Like we, and, 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 you know, there's, there's all these sort of side effects of, of how the brain works. It's just exposure. Yeah, um, okay. And, of course, if, if you take Brian Sharp, you know, he will argue very strongly that, well, hang on, we, that doesn't mean just double your advertising budget, just advertise, don't worry about the message, <laughs> right? just, just expose, but that it plays a really cru- crucial role. And, and he then goes on and, and links it back to, um, you know, and to creating, um, you know, mental and physical availability yep. and, um, you know, creating mental structures. Mm-hmm. Um, but that if you're exposed to these these mental structures, yep. then you're more likely to, to think they're true. And I think yep. it's got huge ramifications for, for uh, you know, advertising in, in general. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, increasingly all topics seem to lead back to positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and have a knack of that. you know, I, th- I think the, the last the, our last episode, you know, we we're talking about understanding your DNA and yep. being, being true true to that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it seems to me that the more that you explore these things, the pivotal piece is that if you can get your positioning right, if you can understand your DNA yep. and 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 know who you are, then then you can frame, you know, you can start to build these these mental structures. Yep, and um. Just exposing people to them is going to have a significant impact, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So that's basically the topic, yeah. I guess. Uh, uh, the, the yeah, and the mental structures is an interesting one. I um recently um oh, I don't know where I read it. Um, talking about how um there's a lot of older companies. You know, if you're the number one in the market and you have been for a long time, mm. and then I think that there was there was an argument for well, we don't we don't really need to do. People know who we are. You know, we don't have to spend. You know, we're, we've satur- we've got all this penetration. We've saturated the market. Like we we can pull back on that a little bit, um, and and maybe you know focus on something else. However, um, the if if you if you continue to do that, then the, the 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 mental structures people have of your brand are going to be from, you know, five years ago. Um, if you've you know if you've taken that long long to do it, yeah. and then before you know it, there could be a competitor there which has started to, you know, build up their own awareness, and then the next thing you know, everyone all the people remember about your brand is you know that you're the old yeah. brand from five years yeah. ago. So you you need to continually, and I think I had a conversation with a with with a with a client recently. Who was in that position? They were, um, they've they've been around for a long time. I think it was a, it's a school, a school actually, um, a very well known, um, uh, a very well known school that um, they, they were questioning. I think the board was questioning. Well, you know, why do we need to do this? Or not so it's the board, somebody in the community. You know, we're the number one. We're known for this. You know, mm-hmm. but before you know it, um, we might not be known for that, or someone else will be known for that. So it's really important that you continue to. And that, to that, that's. Uh, I think that's really key. I think one of the things. So obviously, you know it's hard to have a, a conversation with with any kind of professional market these days without referencing how brands grow. It seems to come up a lot. But you know, I think one of the trends that that books had such a you know an impact on, on the way that people think. And one of the one of the things I've noticed from that is this consistency message, which maybe has been lost. It's certainly not now. Is this idea of of just reinf- continually reinforcing, reinforcing? I yeah. Think, you know, Byron Sharp's really put that back into the. You know, into our minds, I guess. So. Well, I had a conversation about that recently because um, we were, I think we were doing some, um, we've got a client that's launching a you know brand refresh uh, and 
they, it's it's a, it's not it hasn't been coordinated too well. Like it's it's not it's all of a sudden they're like, well, we're just going to softly do it, you know, before the end of the year, which is fine. And talking about just getting some you know some new posts on their Instagram and and that idea of um, rather than just doing one or a series of single posts, you know, to stagger them across the week, just so kind of people you know, um, people grab um, people might more of a chance to see them. So I'll get the words out eventually. Um, but, um, and then I looked at it originally as like, well, they all seem, they all, they're, they're pretty, you know, the message yeah, we have yeah. is pretty repetitive. And then saying, well, that's kind of the point. It's like, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it well, is uh, the point. Uh, like, you know, we just have to, and we were saying it in, 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 in different ways. And, you know, my f- first reaction, thinking too hard about it, yeah. you know, which is sometimes, you know, digging into it and trying to be too, you know, too, too critical and make sure we're doing the right yeah. thing that, well, no, that re- that repetitiveness is is important. I think that's really important. I mean, what, what, again, you, you've got to know if you know your positioning, then you can be repetitive yeah. about that. And, and I can't remember that was a great quote. I can't remember. It. I won't try to, but but you know, to the point where you know you're doing a good job if you're completely bored of it. You know, and I think yeah, about yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, all the time. And and one thing that I think you know, it's a common mistake that that marketers make is we see our messaging more than anyone else. There's no consumer in the world that's going to see our marketing no, messaging no, as much right. as we do. Yeah. And and so we're going to get bored of it really quickly. And, and you know, if, you, if you're confident in your position and you know that, then we should be okay to just continue to be bored, right? And obviously, there's a certain level of refreshment that yep. needs to needs to, to be made. Um, but but you should, and I love, you know, the example I, I really like is, is Bunnings. I'm not a... You know, and it seems to come up on our podcast. I try to find a new example, <laughs> but but when we get some sponsors, yeah, right, <laughs> we're going on board. But uh, well, we might not get them after the statement we're about to make now. But uh, I, I think like the the brand manager there, he must he or she must be so bored. Right, but that's because they're doing a really good job. Yeah, and successful. Uh, yeah, and successful, exactly. Um, but, you know, and they are so true to message. You know, what are they there? We're, we're a warehouse. We have warehouse prices. You know, we're, um, you know, we're cheap and we have a huge range and that's it. And they just continue. And their ads are the same. It's the same format. It's the same formula. Repetition, repetition, repetition. They're an interesting one when you think about from the, you know, we're number one, why try? Yeah. Why, you know, why do we need to do this anymore? Um, because they have no competition yeah. anymore yeah. without Masters. Well, and, and, and you'd argue, yeah, well, Masters, well, they, Masters I mean, that, came in, right? And they tried to re- get, you know, to repeat that model. They couldn't do the it. same thing. You know, yeah. and, and I think that's, Bunnings has had that. Um, because you know, had Bunnings maybe gone, we are number one before Masters came along and just relaxed on that messaging a little bit, or or got distracted. But even maybe now, they've, Masters could come in. They've just become such, uh, you know, it's maybe a podcast for another time as well um, around, um, um, you know, the importance of culture because they've just become a part of Australian culture. Yeah, like and they tried to take it to the UK and it was a you know disaster. Really? Okay, I, didn't, I knew they tried to take yeah, it to the UK. I didn't uh, hear what happened. No, it's yeah. been a been a disaster. Um, yeah, I don't know the exact. I think they might have even got out of there. West, yeah. West Farmers lost lots of wow. Um, and I was at Bunnings last week. Um, you know, getting some potting mix and and a, a few bits and pieces, some feed and weed maybe to <laughs> as we come into to come into summer. But I it just I, and you know there's the sausage sizzle there yeah. and you know getting everyone getting their sausage you know f- which is supporting the community. But it's, it's such a cultural thing in in Australia. Yeah. And I'm and to 
to to do that stuff on the weekend to do yeah. a bit of DIY. It feels like it was always there, but I, I reckon there'd probably be an argument to say that you know over the last twenty years, Bunnings have you know have have built those <laughs> memory structures exactly, and, but inserted themselves into yeah. culture. And that's a really good segue to the other point that I wanted to make here, which is that perceptual cues. So it's one thing it's one thing to know they're you know lowest prices you know every day or whatever their tagline is. Yep. Um, but but the, the other thing is that there's a it's believable. So I think this is the other the part of this discussion. And the paper that, that I mentioned, Berger and Fitzsimmons, um, they have a great thing where they said participants rated a bottle of ketchup, obviously American study, um, yep. more favorably after viewing a pictorial story about a fast food restaurant as opposed to a supermarket, presumably because ketchup is more closely linked to fast food restaurants yep. um, and because ease of processing is often posit positively balanced, um, you know, suggesting that the, the, the findings um, driven increases in conceptual fluency, which I like that, right? So this is yep. sort of like the opposite to one of my favorite words, which is cognitive dissonance. Yes. You know, so, so this idea of, of okay, you've got is your position. priming? It's priming, yep. right? And and so saying, okay, a ketchup bottle in a restaurant environment, that's, that's um, you know, what do they say? Conceptual fluency. Yep. We, we get we that get concept. Bunnings, brilliant. Warehouse. Regard, I mean, it looks like a warehouse. They've built a warehouse. It could have been any store, right? But that warehouse, we have uh, a perception already, right? There's a mental structure already ingrained oh, yeah, in us, yeah. right, that buying in bulk and putting yeah. it in a big warehouse is cheap. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So or you're getting good value. Or you're That's getting good value, right? And you're buying it straight from the warehouse. Now, Bunnings aren't a warehouse. Yeah. You're not buying it straight from the warehouse. It See, looks like a warehouse, Sam, but it's Bunnings warehouse. warehouse, right? So they've built this. This is a yeah, perceptual okay, yeah, cue that primes us to receive the message that they're cheap. Um, and that is brilliant, you know. And and I think the other company that does this really well in Australia is is JB Hi-Fi, mm -hmm. uh, and and I, and I love this. Their tagline is always cheapest prices. It's on every store. Yep. It's on, on a, now. JB Hi-Fi are not the cheapest prices. Really? Right? Now I, I have not got a lot of data here, but I have, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll. But it that, is a perception. Yeah. But it is a perception, and that's then that's their position. But they do things very, very well to feed into that. Um, and, and there's a couple of things. What you know, one they've got their tagline. It's repeated. And it's visible in store stores. There's a common. Um, uh, one of the reasons advertising works is that we have a psychological belief that if it wasn't true, someone would make them take it off the air. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, this is not licensed to go and lie. And if you if you if you if you're outright lying, it will be fine. And there is a thing called the HMC. Yep. Probably very underfunded, I would imagine. <laughs> um, right. But but there's uh, you know it's repeated and it's visible. If you repeat a message over and over and over again, and you're still seeing it a year down the track, we think well, it must be true. Someone would have told them it's a lie, or someone yep. else would have yep. come out. Um, the other big thing with them, this is what Bunnings did really well. The other thing that JB Hi-Fi did really well is their store layout design, right? If you're going to have a tagline, always cheapest prices, don't make your store look like the Apple store. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you go in there and it's... Gordy and cheap. Yeah and, and, yeah, and if you look at their signage, I love their signage. So they have two types of signage. One is it either it looks hand-drawn. They yep. use certain fonts and it's cheap and it's big and it's yellow and they use yep. all these colors. It either looks hand-drawn, but it's not. Or they, what they do is they provide all their stores with, um, with with this sort of signage that they can then write pricing on yep. and they've got these specific markers. It's consistent across every store, 
you know, so that they write in the same way. There's a consistent yeah. experience everywhere, yeah. um, but it, it looks it, it looks cheap, and it says it says like it's it's done in the same way. Like, hey, we are so quick to change our prices, we have to handwrite them on. We couldn't possibly, yeah. you know, print them out because we're constantly changing our prices. It feeds into that perceptual cue of how a, a shop that is the lowest prices are, yep. um, and then they use a great, you know, uh, you know that, that that loss leader position, right? So what they what they've always done from from the time that I was working in CDs when CDs was yep. was big and, and we used to in stores is they'd have a they have a small section of high demand. So when when CDs were big, it was always like the hottest CD that had just been released. Yep. Now it might be TVs or, or video games yep. or, or whatever that is, but they have a small section um, sold at or below cost price. So they have a really public front, all their catalogs, all these things are the cheapest prices. Yep. And then they back this up with the price match guarantee, um, mm-hmm. which, which, is, which is brilliant. And again, there was another study done in 2017, um, which I really liked, that said um, price match guarantees are more stable than having uh, prices which are constantly changing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, they, they make the sense. Once a store adopts a price match guarantee policy, it sticks with it for a long period of time. And this makes it easier for firms to advertise their price match guarantee than to advertise their prices. Yep. Um, and it's then natural that some consumers... Uh, That's an interesting point, actually. You're not, you're not leading with price. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so what it, what it means is the consumers are, uh, and you've got the guarantee, right? Come in with a lower price, we'll match it. We don't need to be educated about every price. And we can then be assume, okay, well, if I go to this particular store, it's going to be the lowest price, yep. uh, whether it is or not. And if we haven't done the research, search, then they don't have anyway. to bring in their price match guarantee. So anyway, I mean, that's quite long-winded, but <laughs> the point is that they've combined a number of perceptual cues. Yep. You're right. They've got a consistency of message around their tagline combined with the, the, the price match guarantee. Yeah. Their store layout design makes that believable. You know, and 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 that that point I make about Apple Store. If you walked into JB Hi-Fi and they said everything's just beautiful, it's experiential, it's you know, it's it's clean and minimal and all this, it would be very hard to believe that they're the cheapest price. Yes, you know, yeah. it, it would break it would break that perceptual cue. So yeah, those those cues. It's an interesting point that um, I um, it just made me think of uh, uh, someone a potential client. We didn't end up doing work with them, but they they resell um, prestige vehicles. Yeah, and my my and 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 they're basically in warehouses. And my first thought when I kind of walked in there was this is all wrong because. It doesn't feel prestige, yeah. Um, and I don't think they'd really thought much about it. But I, I actually now wonder whether I'm. That was that was the wrong. That was a wrong approach to take because all those cues there to kind of you walk in, you're, you're wanting to buy it's a second-hand prestige car, but it's in the end yeah. you're looking for a deal. You're, well, not, that, looking, that, yeah. you're not looking for the if you could afford it or you wanted it, you'd go and buy the brand new one and you'd get the, you know, you'd get the, yeah. the BMW experience or or you know get that prestige experience. But but coming to a big warehouse full, you know, like a Bunnings warehouse full of prestige cars, at the end of the day, yeah, I've just realised how wrong I was. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. We're all learning. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the thing. I mean, the, the the world's littered with some of these examples. You know, the big one is like product redesign. You know, they, they talk about that a lot. It's it's very very difficult to get that right. Oh well, that's um, made me actually. And I talked about when I'm reading Decoded at the moment. Um, oh, that's a great example. Yeah, that. which yeah. is the the Tropicana yeah. example. So I've 
I'm, I'm, I would assume most people listening to this podcast have probably heard that, but if, if not, so Tropicana, um, a, um, a US brand of orange juice owned by PepsiCo, I think. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm, I, I don't know when this was. I'll say 10 years ago because it sounds, yep. sounds okay. But um, they redesigned their packaging, um, you know, and, and it to look a lot more modern, contemporary, and their previous packaging, it was a lot more kind of cheerful. It had a, um, a distinct um, orange with a straw in it and it just, you know, and that was a disaster. Now, I'd always heard this, the reasons, the reasons I'd heard for it being a disaster were the packaging looked nothing like the old packaging, right? And that, that was definitely and, one and of the And that's all I'd ever really, really heard. So, you know, you look at it and it was, it was, it, you know, it was always used as a case study to talk about you know, making sure that, you know, if you're going to refresh a brand, don't use or lose all the distinctive assets yeah. because people are going to find you in store. But what I hadn't realised were the perceptual things going on, which is that chapter in Decoded where, mm. you know, the, the glut, they, they went from having this, you know, this fat orange with the straw in it on the front to a to a glass of orange juice sitting, you know, on a, you know, and it was a clean white pack and the typography was a lot more, it was, um, you know, sans serif yeah. and modern. But the glass on the pack that they used is was quite a, like a different type of glass and, and, and that you wouldn't see that glass sitting on your, you know, your kitchen bench at home. You'd see that glass in a hotel and, or and at it, a function. Yeah. Or, and, and it broke perceptual cues yeah. about nature and health. Or, yeah, know, and, it, and, and, and even for perceptual, looking at that going, that's not me. I couldn't see that product in my home, yep. whereas you can see the bottle of ketchup, you that's, know, that's in, right. the, in, in the, in the, the restaurant. Yeah. And that, that blew my mind, actually, reading that for the first time because yeah. I'd, I'd not even considered that the from a you know, in, implicit level the you know, the, the perception of what type of glass yeah. that was, you know, is it a glass that people are going to, is yeah. it the glass that our market are going to use in their homes every that's day? That's exactly right. And, 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 and what and, that touches yeah. on as well, which is another part of this, is there's the perception, there's, there's a number of cues. So yeah, cool, there's the environment that, you, that you're serving it into, the warehouse, the, the, the you know, cheap looking store, but there's also the category perception, right? And that broke it out of the category. I think, I'm pretty sure it was decoded as well, it talked about light products or diet products. Yeah. You know, and saying well, light products are light blue. Yep. There, there has to be same, some yeah. element of light blue on that packaging, you know, <laughs> because that is the category. The category of diet is light blue and, and these kind of things. And there's the same thing for, you know, like, you know, websites and these kind of things. You've got to first look like the category. Yeah. Then you can work on being distinct within that category, category, right? And um, and that's really important. But if you've if you if you've introduced too much dissonance yep. um, in, in that, then well, you're not believable. We can't believe you're part of that category because you look too different. Yeah. And the same thing. We're even it's not so much category based. But I was in this conversation last week. Got a client that goes, oh, I want a website like that looks like no one else's. It's got, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen everything. I want something completely do. It's like okay, you can say that, but yeah. at the end of the day, there's certain things that a website <laughs> needs to do. And 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 people expect you know certain things to kind of happen, yeah. and if they don't happen, um, then you know you're probably just going to yep. lose people completely. So, yes, I take that on board. And, and it's, we really go and make you something that no one has yeah. ever seen before. I'm not sure it's going to work. Yeah, and it's a really important, and that, that's also why you should never use your own opinion for for designing things like websites, yeah. right? Because you know, I mean, certainly me, I am not. Our target, target audience. When I'm doing things for, for for my business, I'm not my target audience. Um, so therefore, I'm influenced by completely other things. <laughs> now, if I go and try to make our website look like the things that I like, 
Yeah, you, then, then we're going to miss the the target. Um, one of one of our guys in our team made an interesting statement the other day. He said, "Sometimes I think it's just best to be the best looking website in your category, uh, not not the best looking website." You know, and he was oh, yeah, sort of making yeah, yeah, the point yeah, with there's, sure. there's certain categories where actually. Um, uh, you know, a sort of pretty poor-looking website is believable. Yeah. Um, you know, so all you should be aiming for is to be a better version of that. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's a good point. And I do think, like, you know, even going back to the the, the the budding side of things, depending on what you are, like if, if you are about, you know, low prices or very functional yeah. or, you know, no bells and whistles, no, then look like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and, um, and 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 that's a, that's a good thing. You don't have to reinvent, reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah. So. Another one. I seem to the ones that stand out all seem to have a similar positioning. But have you flown Jetstar lately? Um, Twelve months ago, maybe. I, I was standing in a jet, and it's funny because I, I heard someone else talking about this the other day, and I was just I knew exactly what they were going to say. Um, if you go into Jetstar in Melbourne, it's it's a long way away from the oh, where you get dropped off, right? And you've got to go on this walk. And the person that was talking about, it, I think, talked about it as, as like a sort of walk of shame or something like. Right? It's, it's a Oh, and you walk down and you get there and there's not enough seats. Right, so there's, you there's, right, so peak time, everyone's huddled in and it looks like a sort of almost, uh, I dare say, almost like a disaster zone, yeah. right? <laughs> people with their suitcases and they're sort of squashed in. <laughs> people funny. are like I, lying on the floor. Everyone has these perceptions of Jetstar except me. I, like, I've uh, just, I've always had a good time <laughs> with them. I have these conversations all the time. Really? Like, yeah. I wonder, and I'm, I'm going to give them credit, I'm going to assume that they did all of this on purpose. That even to the point of not updating the seats, not putting <coughs> enough in. There's plenty of room for more <coughs> seats there, right? But they're just they're just keeping it bare bones because it fits so perfectly with their positioning, given that they own Qantas as well. They yeah. can't like these are the it, it, it's a perceptual cue. Yeah. Hey, I just got a really cheap ticket, and it's okay. I'm going to stand here with my luggage. Yeah. If you if they started delivering to the same level of service that Qantas delivered to, it, I mean, one it would it would you know, ruin the position. Well, that's, that's probably kind of what they're, what they're um, but, but, but they've done, they've been very true to their brand and, and, you know, it goes to what we were saying in the last episode as well of understanding your DNA. The DNA is, 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 is well, it's you know, value and value and price. And then what they've done with their marketing is then add the perceptual cues around that to make that really believable. Yep. Um, you know, whether they need to or not, it probably wouldn't cost them much but more seats in the, in the terminal or, or, you know, maybe that they could get leasing. I don't know, if leasing came up in, in that particular airport to get closer to, you know, or a nicer terminal, they probably shouldn't take it. Um, yes, regardless of the, 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 the price. Does it work yeah. out? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, that's what that's I've a been thinking a lot about. So, so like, yeah, for, yeah, I mean, I think the takeaway for, for, for me there, I mean, even um, Bunnings is a great example. I never really thought about it like, like that before. Like if, if, you know, even take a cue from another concept. So for the example, that idea of a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, we're going to be a warehouse for this. It's kind of like an insight. Um, you can come with the insight, we're going to be this version of, yeah. of this or, you know, we're going to be in a different category but do it, do it, do it this way. So, that if, you know, then, then build your perceptual cues, you know, around that. So even if you're creating something completely new, you're creating something that's familiar. At the same time, find some familiarity 
in what you're in what you're doing. That's exactly right. And I, I like that concept of bringing two things together. That yep. can, that can work really well. Yep. And if we're talking in the digital world, building websites, then you might say, okay, well, if you've got a unique position, then what can you borrow from another category that has that strong the perceptual cue of yep. whatever you're trying to do, either high quality or, or whatever whatever yep. it is. Um, and um, and borrow. There's a great um, the Netflix guy, the CEO of Netflix. I can't remember his name. Is he a, is he a, the Reed? He's another Reed. Reed Hastings is that him? Don't know. Is he someone else? Anyway, um, we'll, we'll go with the CEO we'll go with, from, go from Netflix guy. Um, we'll uh, but but he he talks about that cross of, of two. So you know he he argues that um, you know Netflix might not be the best uh, entertainment company out there in the world, but they're the best technology company at entertainment. Okay. Um, you know, I think that, again, Apple, always Apple. Um, Apple is, is not the best. Yeah, yeah, no, we're going to have an embargo. <laughs> There's a swear jar. <laughs> but, but, you know, they're, they're not the best technology or they're not the best computer company in the world. They're the, yep. best, they're the best computer company at fashion. They're not the best fashion yeah, company yeah, yeah. in the world. They're yep. the best fashion company at computers. Yeah, um, the most natural computer. Yeah, so it's yeah. where, it's where the, 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 those two... You know, yeah, those, those are those are hard, those are moments when they happen as as insights. You you got to make sure you run with them. Yeah, so there's maybe something there with it, with those perceptual cues of saying, okay, cool. Where where can we? What can we borrow? Yeah. there to sort of as a starting point. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess my mine are again. You know, I think this is going to be a takeaway for any topic that you you got to get your positioning right. I just yep. I just keep. I just think without that, you can't you can't. You can't benefit from any of these sort of tactics and topics that we're talking about because if you don't know who you are yep. and, and you don't know where you're positioned in the market, then you can't, you can't use perceptual cues to, to, to strengthen no. that. They're just, it's just not there. So all you can be is generic and plain and just like everyone else, right? Yep. So or, or just like whatever you middle, want to be. Middle, yeah, yeah. You, you're just sort of average. Yep. Um, I, don't, I don't know that you win at marketing by being average. I don't think you do. Um, but you do. If you can, unless yeah. you want to be average, unless that's your position. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Interesting <laughs> position. But yeah, so yeah, you got to get that right. And then you, I think c consistency and repetition, you know, bore yourself to death, you know, get that message and just repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, and you've got to constantly remind yourself. I think I think that that point that I made early that, that um, you know, people exposed to a statement, even if they can't remember it, are more likely to rate it as true, that you've got to keep that exposure up. And I think, like you said, if someone else comes along with a similar positioning, but people have been exposed to their statement more often than, than yours or more recently than yours, then they're going to claim that. Yeah. So so just, just reminding people consistently of, of what that statement is, um, you know, and... and um, you know, and I and I think you've you've made the statement before about you know like display advertising and you know billboards or, or whatever things. Just 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 frame yourself, create those those uh, mental structures, and just reinforce those mental structures. And that's what yeah. you need to be doing. It's you're not trying to win the, the sale necessarily no, off every piece of advertising. No, no, absolutely. Um, and and then um, and and think about those perceptual cues to to build that mental availability. I agree wholeheartedly, Sam. Hey, that was fun. Um, great, so we'll end it there. Yep. Uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, if you've got any questions or comments or you think everything that we said was nonsense and you want to challenge us, um, head over to the website brandwidth.audio and and um, comment. And, and, and we'll have all that info up in the show notes as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, like us and recommend us if you like us. Please do. Yes. Please do. See you See next, next time. time.